Well, I meant to spend most of yesterday working on class, and then I got talking with my son. You know those little marble games that kids play with? I thought, I wonder if we could upsize one for golf balls. <laughs> so there we are. That's not Photoshop. <laughs> so uh, there's a problem with upsizing things, though, and that is they're really big. That's going to get attached to a, a treehouse I built out in the back. But the, the problem is, is that things don't scale up or down exactly. Golf balls are way more bouncy than marbles are. So now my designer son, who runs a design company, and I have to figure out how to keep the golf balls from bouncing off that thing, because they go, then they, then they bounce. So rubber pad, little walls, you know. So there'll be a prize, the, the marble game prize for the one who, uh, the one who comes up with the, uh, okay, come on, come on, come on. There we go. Um, so we today are going to um, talk about this book. That's probably how it should have been named, the book of the Acts of the Holy Spirit and the Apostles, right? Yeah parentheses and the apostles were there. Um, I, I think it, uh, this scripture in Acts 1.8, we'll see it played out exactly in what we're going to see today. And he said, look, you'll, be, you'll receive power when the Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so then we look in the book of Acts and we see we see this thing played out exactly in what he's saying. And so we're going to do that. Um, I, wanted to, um, I wanted to mention this. Um, whenever we get into this subject and the subjects that we're going to be covering, uh, so I have a long history in this. Maybe I have a long history of making the same mistakes so that I can repeat them flawlessly now. Um, <laughs> my, might, be, might be my long history. Um, but um, <clears throat> it's really important for us as, as a group of people to understand some things. One is, is that my experience in the Holy Spirit is like my experience in marriage, my experience in snow skiing. It's my experience. And it doesn't define the, the universe of experiences. It defines my experience. I try to take the Word of God and say, what, what does the Word of God, where are the boundaries within the Word of God versus the boundaries within my experience? Because my experience will always be a subset, typically, of the Word of God in some ways. And it's really important for us, whatever doctrinal position we come from, whatever our experience, to, to maintain, come on in, to maintain two unities and these are both found in Ephesians. <clears throat> so Jesus prays, and in John 17, one of the highlights of his prayer is, is, Lord, make them one, that they might be one even as you. And he says, like, I and them and you and us and kukukichu. You know, you can, almost, you can almost feel that. And he's saying, look, that we have got to be one as we walk through this. And so he prays to make them one. And you always wonder, well, why did he make such a big deal out of that? Because the devil tries to make you two, and then four, and then eight, and then a hundred denominations, and then fights, and then, then you know, discommunication, non-communication, excommunication, you know, and so you just go, what in the world? And so 
Paul says this, he says, um, with all humility and patience, gentleness, with showing tolerance for one another love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So there's one unity that's given to us as a gift, and that is the Holy Spirit. And our, our role with that is to be diligent to preserve that unity, almost at any cost. And so it says, look, it says, with all humility. So that means, okay, so my opinion is just our opinion. And I can just hold it with open hands, set it on the table, and see if someone else can say, oh, that's where that goes in the puzzle, stick it in. And because I didn't know where it goes in, doesn't mean the piece wasn't any less important, even if it was just like a piece of blue sky, you know, in the middle. Still, um, so we're to preserve that, showing tolerance, you know, to- and to- that's a really bad translation. Tolerance is probably the wrong word. It, it, it means showing, showing an acceptance and an ability to take an opinion and hold it even though it's not your opinion is kind of what that means. It's like, well, I don't really think that, but you know what? I've been proven wrong so often. I'm going to hold it right here because sometimes there's a piece of that opinion that is more true than you think, right? It just wasn't true in your tradition. Um, uh, I, I kind of say this, I wish Mike were sitting here right now because he kind of helped me see something this morning. We were on the phone, no, last night, last night on the phone. We were talking and, and he kind of pushed me on something. I thought, you know, uh, he's probably more right than I am in this discussion. So have him get, have him get the recording, okay? And, and, and I don't have to see him say, I told you so right now. So that's good. Um, but it says, look, um, then there's going to be a unity of common faith and understanding, but that probably won't happen where, until God says, okay, this is the way it is. And we all go, okay, so that'll be the sound you hear in heaven is everybody doing that. It's so obvious now, now that I don't have demons in me, you know, or whatever. Okay, and so it says, we will all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the statue that belongs to the fullness of Christ. And the way that we do that is each one operates in that metron, that measure of God that we talked about. Okay, so I, I just, I want to say that up front because um, as we, we have been talking mostly informationally up to this point in time. Um, and we will do more of that, but we will also think experientially as we go forward. And we'll, we'll challenge each other, and, and we may even break into small groups and speak in tongues. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, Yeah, I'm just kidding. But, um, but, but um, we don't want to just be people who get information and not transformation. So the point of all of, of teaching should be, Lord, what, what in that is you, and let that transform me, let that change me. Okay, so, so having said that, I want us to remember this thing here. Um, and that is, is this is in, in Romans and other places. It basically says, I have forgiveness of sins because Jesus died. I have new life because Jesus rose again. And I have the Holy Spirit because he ascended. We showed a lot of scripture the last couple times about that. So it's all Jesus all the time. And so I, I, it's not because I tarried the Holy Spirit, you know, so we have, there used to be tarrying meetings. We would tarry and wait. It's great to wait on the Lord, but 
you don't have to wait on the Lord sometimes to get the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you get zapped walking down the street thinking about something else, okay? And I say zapped in sort of a funny way, okay? So, so don't, don't get, yeah. And, and so in, in each of these things, we grow with respect to grace. And so I understand the fullness of the forgiveness of my sins this much when I first get saved. And then later on, I really knucklehead, bonehead, screw something up really bad three times in a row on purpose. And then I understand forgiveness for that thing. And I go, oh, it's like I never, I never really understood forgiveness till today, right? Well, you did understand it, but you didn't understand the fullness of it. And it's the same with all of these. And so with the Holy Spirit, we can say, yes, you know, of his fullness, we've all received in grace upon grace. And, oh, whoa, the Holy Spirit does that too? Wow. Or you're, you're in a meeting and all of a sudden you, you were asking Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, will you guide me in this meeting? And all of a sudden you just get this insight about something and then things change. And then you walk out of the meeting and you go, that was cool. You know, and so you go, that too, you know, that too. And so it's, it's almost like Christmas sort of never ends with God. Or maybe there's always Easter eggs. You know, I think, I think you walk out and you go, oh, that wasn't there yesterday, I don't think. And so, it, so all of it is ours, and we come into it. It's like there's two things about a gift. You receive the gift, but then you open the gift. Then you use the gift. Three things about a gift. Yeah, and so there's three things about a gift. Um, and in the same way with these gifts, they are given to us, so we receive them. Then we open them over time, and then we, we go, okay, I'm going to use this tomorrow. And then you go, whoa, this is a really cool tool. Um, and so with everything, so, so we shouldn't put the fullness of the Holy Spirit in a different bucket than we put salvation and newness of life. They, they, all, they all work the same way. They're because of Jesus. We receive them, we open them, we use them. We find more and more as we walk through life. Okay? I put in a plug for you last night, Mike, that Jeannie's going to tell you about. I said, we we're talking about unity, and I said, said, Mike was more right than I was in the discussion last night. So thank you for, thank you for that. There you go. See, he, he, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. So we already, this is still review. We already talked about this at Pentecost. So this is in Jerusalem. Remember, you should be my witnesses in Jerusalem then. So this is the Jerusalem part. And Peter says, the bottom thing on the right, I like the most. He says, look. They're putting their email addresses on here to receive the PowerPoint. Yes. So make sure everybody. Yes, thank you. Yeah, put your, uh, yeah, so I'm going to. You're all going to get a Dropbox invite. There'll be PowerPoints, and at some point, there'll be lolcat videos and things like No, At some point, there'll also be some handouts that you can just read background kind of stuff, because sometimes stuff gets said too fast, and I go, oh, I wish I had. So you'll get like a 60, no, 60 with Greek. Um, <laughs> and so the promise says, look, repent, be baptized. That is, Jesus said, unless you're born of water and the Spirit, right? So repent, be baptized. Um, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Look, it's for you. 
It's for everybody. It's for all time. So the thing that happened to them at Pentecost, that's the thing he's referring to. And he says, that thing, it's for you. It's for everybody. It's for all time. Okay? And the condition for it is repent and, and become a Christian. Repent and be baptized. Say yes to the Lord. And this is your, your, your entry gift. Now what would you pay? You know, th- this is like, this is your, it, it, I, you think I'm kidding, but Scripture says the Holy Spirit is a down payment on eternity. First fruits of eternity. Think, wow, if God himself is the first fruits, how, how cool is eternity going to keep getting? Okay. And so, um, so now let's move on. And I just have Scripture here. Um, because I want you to see the whole thing. So here we are in Samaria, north of Jerusalem. Peter has, um, no, this isn't Peter, this is Philip. So Philip, an apostle, has gone um, up into Samaria. The light is so bad here. Nope. No, 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 I'm, I'm good. Does that... Yes. Thank you. Right, that's good, right there. Wow, you saved the day and you just walked in the room. How cool is that? Okay. Um, so Simon himself believes. So they, they believe they're being baptized. There's signs and wonders. There's miracles. And now look, um, the apostles in Jerusalem, other apostles, not Philip the apostle, hear that they received the word of God. They send Peter and John, who come down and pray for them, that, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. He had not yet fallen upon any of them, so now they're thinking Pentecost, and something like that didn't happen. But Philip is an apostle. So it's not like, well, if he was an apostle, it would have happened. He is an apostle. But they still send Peter and John up there. They begin to lay their hands on them, and they start receiving the Holy Spirit. Now Simon sees something. He sees something happening to them. It doesn't say what happens to them when they receive the Holy Spirit, but something is happening because Simon's going, whoa, all these people are barking like dogs. I don't know what they're doing, but something is happening, okay? And so they receive the Holy Spirit. Now, they were baptized. They were baptized by an apostle, in fact. So they were Christians, and yet in this particular instance in Samaria, remember, you will receive be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Now here we are in Samaria. Samaritans. These are Samaritans receiving Jesus, becoming Christians. The church has already broken about half the Jewish rules about not talking to, not... And now Peter and John go up, lay hands on them, and and the Holy Spirit is falling in them. Now, why did Peter and John have to go up? We don't know. All we know is that they did. Maybe they did because they didn't believe Samaritans could get saved. I mean, they're sort of half-breeds. Wait till, wait till later. <laughs> Peter's mind is totally blown later. But right now it's partially blown. And so Peter and John go up and they're like, wow, the, the gospel is spread to all these Samaritans and, and, and let's lay hands on them and let the Holy Spirit just fill them so they can be witnesses too. Okay? So, that, so this happened. This was a thing that happened. What, any other thoughts or observations about this? I mean, it, it, it happened like that. Any other insights, questions? I have a question. Yeah. 
Can you back up one slide again? Yes, I have that capability. Okay. On the Acts 2 side, the left side, it says filled with the Holy Spirit. On the right side, it says gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Are those synonymous or are they different? Um, so, so you have asked the eternal question of the ages. In, on, with, about. And, and so we know that when we are born again, we are born of the Spirit. The Spirit comes into our spirit and our spirit is like... So we know the Holy Spirit is in us and God comes to live in us. And then it talks about the Spirit comes upon them and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And so you go, okay, so, so this other thing, if it's a second thing, but this other thing is described both as in and on. It's like you're thrown in, the, in a swimming pool and you're thirsty. So the, you're filled with the pool, the pool's filled with you. The pool is around you, on you, in you. Yes. So the answer is yes. I think. It, because on the left side, when they were filled with the Spirit, they began speaking in tongues. On the right side, when they got the gift of the Spirit, it doesn't mention them doing any miraculous. Right, but as you'll see, um, as you'll see as we go, you're a great straight man. So something happens here, but we don't see what happens with the Samaritans, okay? But something happens. And Simon sees that they have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he doesn't ask for the Holy Spirit. Look what he asked for. I want the charlatan power. I want to be the man who was walking around touching people. And they start speaking in tongues and praising God. I want to be that man, right? Because I'm, remember, uh, Josh, for those of you here at the early service, I want to be David Copperfield, right? Wah! Or was that David? Um, <laughs> Okay, and he says, look, you have no portion in this because your heart's not right. If your heart's not right, you have no portion in this. Okay, so that's like a warning to all of us. God just looks at the heart. He, he, he looks at the heart, not circumstances, right? Okay, yeah. so Andy, I always heard that, um, <clears throat> that so laying, the apostles laying their hands on them to, to give these, gifts of the Spirit was to, in other words, show that these people were also accepted, you know? Possibly. Yeah, that's yeah but we'll see, uh, as we go on, we'll see people are accepted without hands being laid on, right? And so I, I think it's true so that Luke here, our, our buddy Luke, is writing the book of Acts, and Amidst all the thousands and thousands of examples that happened during these 30 years, he picks three or four. And he picks three or four, I think, to demonstrate exactly what you were taught. He says in 1.8, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, check. Now in Samaria, check. Now watch. We're going to see all Judea, then we're going to see the ends of the earth. And those are the examples he picks. But the examples aren't the universe. They're just examples. Right? So we have to be careful not to say everything has to happen like these examples. Oh, the apostles are dead. Well, when, that, when John died, that was it. Holy Spirit went with John. They went on vacation. Right? And, and there's a lot of people who were taught that and think that's called the cessationist philosophy, okay, because we use an example and imply all the rest of the known world at that time where thousands and thousands were getting saved. Most of them didn't have the Holy Spirit because there was no apostle present. 
When you think of it, you go, well, that's ridiculous. Peter said it's for everybody. He didn't say it's for everybody I touch. Right? So we, we just have to, we have to look at these as examples, but realize that Christianity is now on fire. Okay? It's, it's now spreading like, like wildfire. Yeah. Uh, I think was Simon baptized? I think he was. Okay. Well, maybe he was. I don't know what kept him, but we we have your heart is not right before God. That's what kept him. But why was his heart not right before God? That's the issue. Yeah. Right. His, uh, his intention was attention, I think. Right. Okay. So now, uh, so now we'll take a little sidelight. So here's Paul. So Paul gets struck from a horse. He believes in Jesus Christ. He's blind. And Ananias, uh, just Ananias, you know, it's like Joe. Joe shows up. And Joe says... Um, Brother, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So Ananias lays his hands on him. Ananias, not an apostle, lays his hands on Paul. Paul is healed of blindness and is filled with the Holy Spirit. And Paul later on says, I speak in tongues, I do. So it happened. And it happened because some Joe, who God said, Joe... Go talk to Paul and help him. And Joe did. See, so this is probably a more common example of what happened in the New Testament than the apostles. This is God saying, go do this, go do that, go do that. And, and Joe goes, okay, goes and does it. Was Joe surprised? Probably. <laughs> you know, was Ananias going, okay, uh, he's a killer, but I'll go, you know, it's okay. Okay. And so now, uh, so the brothers learn of this, and so they say, look, the church throughout, now here we are, Judea and Samaria. Remember, you'll be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria. Enjoyed peace, being built up in the comfort of the Spirit, they continued to increase. So, so we see explosion, right? 3,000 day one, and then explosion, explosion, explosion. And it doesn't give us apostles laying out of hands. It doesn't even say they're all baptized. We presume they were. It just says they were being joined to the Lord Jesus Christ in some way, okay? And we can presume a lot of things, but one thing we presume is most of them were filled in the Holy Spirit somehow in this way, and probably most of them were baptized as well. When you read the early church writings, you go, you know, one of the, one of the proofs... Tertullian makes, I think, is, is, look, Christians pray for rain and it rains. Why would you hate us? You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, got it. Right, in other words, he appeals to the miraculous. Yep. And the story of uh, Paul's conversion is twice in Acts, presented both times. If you put 
two stories together. First story says, I think it's Acts 7, yeah, or 9, that he prayed and fasted for three days and three nights. Yeah. Okay. When Ananias came to him, he said, said, Paul, why do you tarry? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins. So I don't understand why Ananias had to say, get your sins washed away after he prayed for three days and three nights. Well, probably because he was baptized. I know. I, we don't know why. But I think um, the, the point of baptism, there's lots of discussions about it. Billy Graham, had, you know, everybody's got, everybody's got their own thing. Um, but, but that point is a point you can look back on and say, I was uh, saved, my sins were washed away at that point in time, Shut up, Satan, right? If you don't really have a point like that, sometimes you're more vulnerable as well. I mean, there's lots of good things, plus being just obedient. But honestly, if you're saved on, you know, in the middle of a desert and there's no water, you know, you can come up with all those things. Okay. Okay. That sort of reminds me of uh, what Jesus said to Nicodemus about the Spirit, that the wind blows yeah. where it will blow, and you can't predict where it's going to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He he doesn't do it how we would do it. I mean, that just it's there's not like a a, a ten point plan and follow the plan and you know it he just doesn't and I, I think there's lots of good reasons why he doesn't. Um, probably tons of good reasons. I think the best one is because he wants to walk with us, not tell us what to do and we go do it. That's a whole, God with us is the whole point of the New Testament. Not, not God telling us how to live and then we go try to do that. It's, it's, I will live my life through you. I'm not trying to make you stronger, I'm trying to kill you so that I can resurrect you in new life. Right? The law came so we'd break the law, not so we'd keep the law. Okay. We could go on for that a long time, but let's go to Caesarea on the coast. Now, here is Peter speaking. He's on the coast, and he's talking to Gentiles. He's talking to Gentiles because God had to kind of wake them up and slap them awake and say, kill and eat. If I call it clean, it's clean. Peter goes, okay, God, but you're like breaking all the rules here, okay? I mean, you're going to have to answer to you. You You know, it's like God saying it. So... And so, so Peter now is talking to them, and it says all the circumcised with Peter. So, so the Jews are like, he's talking to Gentiles. Well, this is going to go well. And the Holy Spirit falls. And they start praising God and speaking in tongues. It does say they're, yeah, praise, speaking in tongues, exalting God. And Peter goes, I guess we better get them baptized. I mean, they already got the Holy Spirit on them, and they're, praising God and speaking tongues. So now we got, it's like, okay, so now now it's like, okay, so now things are reversed. Well, the Holy Spirit fell on Balaam. So it's like, maybe the Spirit isn't our big respecter of people. You know, maybe he just does what he will. But this then opened the door, and then Peter has to go back in Acts 11 and retell the whole story. And they they tell it twice in in the Bible because they didn't think we'd believe it only once, okay? And so, and so, now the, now the door's open to the Gentiles. Oh, my gosh. So Jerusalem, Judea, 
Samaria. Now we're starting to hit ends of earth country, right? Because now we're getting out of where normally the Jews live. So they asked him, so they see the Holy Spirit, and he says, just as we did. Not different, not just exactly as we did. This Pentecost experience happened to them as well. Huh. Okay, so now we're thinking about um, back, uh, I will pour it my spirit on all flesh in Joel, your sons and daughters, male and female servants typically weren't necessarily Jews. Um, so, so look, I'm pouring out on all flesh, all flesh. I don't think that means like dogs and cats, but all human flesh, my, all human flesh, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all human flesh. And Peter goes, <laughs> you know, he just, oh my gosh, okay. So, so this then was uh, a sign. Okay, so now here we are in Ephesus. So now Paul is in Turkey. So he's now on his way to the ends of the earth, at least the known earth at that point. So he, he shows up in Ephesus, and he comes upon and found some disciples in Ephesus. So people had already spread. People had already gone way out beyond where Paul was. Okay, And he finds some disciples. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Okay, what does that question imply? What things might that question imply? Did you receive the... Did you get the bread when you went to the store? It means your wife thinks you didn't get the bread when you went to the store. Right? Like, I think you forgot the bread, but I want you to say you forgot the bread, right? So, so Paul sees something. He's talking with them. They're talking, and he's going, there's something that feels not right here or feels not full. Something. Okay, we're implying that. But he asked them that question, and they said, the who? Right, father, son, and... Right, the who, and not the band, the who. And so he says, we've not even heard if there is a Holy Spirit. And he says, into what year were you baptized? He goes, John's baptism. He goes, oh, John baptized a baptism of repentance, telling people to believe on Jesus who's coming. He preaches Jesus to them um, after coming. Uh, so they were baptized in the name, they were immersed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul lays his hands on them, the Holy Spirit come in, and they begin speaking in tongues now and prophesying. Okay, so now here they are. They're, he's laying their hands on them, and they're just, on the inside, they're just, the wow is like overflowing. They're just ecstatic, and, and, and there's something inside of them where Turkish or whatever they're speaking back then just isn't good enough. And they, they just start, they just start, and so there's this flow, and we'll talk about this when we talk about tongues later, but brain scans show it happening. Um, it just goes right past the cognitive center, right through the speech center and out through the mouth. And, and the brain doesn't even enter into the process. It just, it comes straight from the spirit out through the mouth. Okay? And so they're doing that. And they're prophesying. So what does that mean? You shall meet a tall, dark stranger on Thursday next. He shall have a yellow flower in his jacket. No, no, I don't think it's that. I think, I think they're, this, this is New Testament prophecy, which is they're, they're speaking of the goodness of God. They're speaking to each other of the goodness of God. Uh, exhortation, consolation, edification. We'll look at that later as well. And so they're, they're just declaring God's goodness over each other. They're just saying, John, look what happened to you, man. You're, you know, and they're, just, they're just talking to each other. They're talking to God. They're, they're just they're having a dance party. Okay, they're, Who knows what they're doing? But, but it's not calm. <laughs> 
Okay, it's not probably King James calm. It, it's, um, so they're baptized. So, so now we're seeing now an example. So now Paul is going throughout all of, you know, Paul's on his journey. So he's hitting Ephesus, Galatia, Thyatira, you know, he's just bump, 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 bump. And you imagine he's asking the same question. He's doing the same kinds of things throughout every place he goes. That's his message. That's what he's saying. Okay, so this, this is happening. And in some places he'll come, like in Rome, and they've already, they're already Christians. They're already filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody got to him ahead of Paul, right? It's like Deuterra, you know, kind of a thing. It's like this, no, it's not a pyramid scheme. But it's like everybody's, it's just spreading. It's slaves are, you know, it, people are just sharing the Lord and sharing the excitement of the Lord. Okay? Those first... What's that? So in this passage, they basically were baptized without truly... They're baptized into John's baptism. Yeah. So that, that's like John said, look, I'm baptizing you with water for, the, for you to be sorry about your sins. But your life isn't going to change. You're not going to become born of the Spirit until you're baptized into Jesus Christ, right? Jesus hadn't died yet. So John, yeah. Yeah, Gentiles receive the Holy Spirit, then get baptized. Here, baptized Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Pentecost, it doesn't say any of them were baptized, but they all received the Holy Spirit. I assume they were baptized, but we don't know. Okay, so, so there's this. So our rules really, the only rule is you can't make a rule other than hearts should be right, let's follow God. You know, that, that's... That's kind of the rule. We can say it tends to work better this way than this way, you know, but we can't, we just can't make the kind of rules that we'll see out in. Like Pentecostalism teaches you must speak in tongues to be born again. That is the sign of being born again. And you go, I don't think so. I, I, I think, you know, you hate to say you 37 million people don't have it right, but you think, I think that's too narrow. I like the fact that, that you want the manifestations of the Spirit, but I think it's too narrow. On the other hand, you have a whole another 37 million people who say all those manifestations died out in the first century, and you go, I think that's narrower yet. You know, it's like, I, I don't think that's right either. It, it, it says, as many as the Lord shall call to himself, that experience is theirs. Unless he stopped calling people to himself, I don't. I don't think it stopped. There's nothing that says it stopped except us and our observations. Right? This is really encouraging because back to the Ananias thing, like how he's a Joe. <laughs> I like how you said that. And he's not an apostle. Like, it's just encouraging that, like, we sitting in this classroom don't have to be the Josh Graves or. Yeah. Yeah. We have that same access. Yeah. It, I mean, it, Scripture says he's chosen the foolish of the world to shame the wise. Right? That is always his way. Yes, sir. She said it's very encouraging that no, you.
Oh, she said she she said in one case they weren't baptized in water first and they received the Holy Spirit, the, this filling. In the other case, they were baptized and they received it. And then I said at Pentecost, it doesn't mention baptism, but the Holy Spirit fell on a bunch of people. The scripture of John's baptism. Right. So John's. Being baptized into John. Acts 19. Yes. Yeah. So here, Paul discriminates, makes a difference between the baptism of John and the baptism of Christ. Okay. So there's a difference. Baptism of John was temporary for repentance in a way setting you up for, the, for Christ to come. He says, look, the one who comes after me, that's the one. And so then, then John's disciples come to him and say, Jesus is baptizing, although Jesus baptized no one, Jesus' disciples are baptizing more people than we are. And John says, hallelujah. Okay? All right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what time is 1040? <laughs> Yep. The, the laying on of hands and the uh, the mass, the Holy Spirit falling, that kind of thing. I was taught a long time ago, yeah, <laughs> in a sort of a rural place, that only the apostles, well, that other people had <coughs> the ability to work miracles. Yeah. But that only the apostles had the the authority and the power to pass it on to other people. And to pass the Holy Spirit on? Yes, to pass on the ability yeah. to bestow the Holy Spirit and to work miracles. Oh, to pass on the ability to bestow and to work miracles. And to work miracles. Scripture but, history would say that's bunk. Yeah, well, and, uh, I mean, right? I um, I Mike is going to teach 2,000 years of charismatic Christianity uh, week after next while I'm gone and we'll just walk through he'll just walk Jeannie's through cover yeah and Jeannie will cover that that thing next week I gave them the two hardest ones okay let I want to I want to make another point this is Peter Peter is filled at Pentecost in Acts 4 7 and 8 um, Peter and now it says filled with the Holy Spirit says to them rulers of God now that word means just filled and it, it's not referring back to Pentecost. It means he's standing there, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit fills him with something, and he just starts speaking, right? You might call that a word of knowledge, a word of exhortation, a prophecy. Who knows? But he's standing there. Remember Jesus said, when you're brought before those guys, don't worry about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will give it to you when you need it. That's what happened right there. Yeah, so, so right there, he is filled with the Holy Spirit, and he speaks, okay? And then a little while later, Peter and John are released from jail, probably because of that. A little while later, they're released from jail. They all get together in a room, and it says, the room shook. Now, they said, God, make us stronger witnesses. Make us bold, right? And there's probably a whole bunch of people in that room who were there at Pentecost. And it says... The room shook again, and they were all filled with the Spirit again. You go, well, were they not filled? No, they were filled. 
How come they filled again? They leaked. You know, I don't know. You know just, they, they, see, see, there's a filling and a filling and a filling, and we're filled. We walk, in a, we walk in the position of being filled, and we're filled for specific things at specific times. Okay? It's, a, it's an ongoing thing. Here, let's look, at, uh, let's look at this. Here's the two others. Stephen. Right before his stone, it says, Stephen, full of the Holy Ghost, said blah, 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 blah. Here we have Saul called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looks straight at Elimus and says, bum, bum, bum. So you see this example of people being witnesses, being in the world, being... See, you can be in a meeting, and it's like you're sitting in a meeting, and all of a sudden you realize something's up, and it's like, and Joe, filled with the Holy Spirit, said... I don't think this is honest. That's you. See, that's you filled with the Spirit, suddenly knowing what to say, knowing how to act. Mary with children, let's say David with children, mom's gone, and David, they're they're screaming, they're thinking, and David, filled with the Holy Spirit, goes, come on, sweetie. It's like, whoa, where did Dad get so gentle, right? Gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. See, so, okay, stop. So, so we, we live this way. And so we can say of myself, and Andy, filled with the Holy Spirit, said this. Mike, filled with the Holy Spirit, said this. And so, and so there's a be-being-filledness. So this is the Acts of the Epistles rather than the Acts of the Apostles. And it says, don't get drunk with wine. But be, and that, that's a, a weird verb, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. It says be in the process of being filled. So that's the Ephesians where he was. Here's the Galatians. He says, look, foolish Galatians is the one who um, works miracles in you. Did, did you receive that spirit by the hearing with faith or by the works of the law? In other words, Galatians, how is it that you receive the Holy Spirit? Does he who provides you with the Spirit works miracles among you do by the law or by hearing with faith? Okay, so there's a clue. Hearing with faith. Hearing with faith. Yes. I'm going to, what, and faith isn't something you work up. Faith is something you go, I'm just going to lean into this and say yes. Say, God, I want this. My heart wants this. I don't know tons about it. But if you ask for the Holy Spirit, your father won't give you a serpent. Remember that scripture? So you just go, I want this, Lord. Here I am. Uh, if therefore the whole church assembles together and all speak in tongues. And now look at the, and an uninstructed man or an unbelief enters, they'll say you're mad. Okay, that, that is a very interesting scripture because it says there are believers who are uninitiated or uninstructed in the ways of the Holy Spirit. This is even in, in, the, in the time of the Corinthians. He says, look, there will be people who have not, not entered into the sense of the fullness of the Spirit. They'll walk in, they'll hear you speak in tongues, they'll go, this place is not so. They might enter into a Pentecostal church today and go, this is crazy. But if you're not, if you're one of these people, then you will treat what you see the same as these people will. 
you'll act like an unbeliever with respect to the things of the Holy Spirit. And that's okay. Don't be what you're not, but just say, Lord, I'm going to hear with faith. You've, you've said so many things about this. I'm going to hear with faith and just say yes. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to say yes and see what happens. So that's kind of the whole thing for today is, is let's just say yes and see what happens. So gifts, um, gifts come, we open gifts and we employ gifts. The Holy Spirit is a gift and the Holy Spirit brings gifts. And I just want to encourage you, and we're going to, we're going to go further in this, <clears throat> that we are the ends of the earth. We're, we're still included in that, be my witnesses. So we're, we're in that package. The Holy Spirit is ours because of what Christ did. We receive by faith, just like we receive Jesus by faith. We receive, and we continually receive the operation of the Spirit within us. And there are multiple fillings. Your first filling might seem like the first time you tasted the best food ever. Wow, I don't think I've ever eaten before. This is crazy good. Wow, who thought a sous vide steak would be this great, right? Okay, and so, and so the first time might seem shocking. It might seem chaotic. It might, you might speak in tongues the first time you open your heart to it. But it's yours. It's, sitting, it's a present with your name on it. It's nobody else's. It's yours. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about a couple of places in the next couple of weeks. One where people took a left turn, in my view, from this and said, because I'm not experiencing it, then our interpretation of Scripture might be wrong because I'm not experiencing it. Rather than, maybe I'm not experiencing it because my interpretation of Scripture is wrong. Right? And then Mike's going to talk about, because people go, well, where's charismatic been? I mean, where's this Holy Spirit been? I mean, we haven't seen it in the 1200s, 1300s. So Mike's going to walk through century by century and show where it's been. Okay? Then we're going to come back and talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, so I, I think, so I'm going to be in South America for a couple weeks, but just, I think good homework is to listen carefully, but good homework is to just get alone and say yes to God. If you want to get with a friend and say, will you be Joe, will you be Ananias and lay hands on me and pray for me that I could be more filled? And let's just say yes to God. Let's just encourage each other. See what happens. We're not, there, there's not like a grade. Oh, you didn't speak in tongues. You get a 32. But if you did, you'd get a 77. No, there, there's no score. There's no grading. There's just hearts. Remember, Simon, your heart's not right. We just want to say, Lord, I'm an alien on this earth. I have an enemy called Satan. I need a Holy Spirit who's big inside of me. That's what I need. I don't want to do it because I'm smart because I know scripture and because I've got self-control. I want to do it because I have the Holy Spirit. Okay, good. Thank you, Lord. Amen.